and gentlemen. And so it begins. Give the people what they want. The rise. All the way to the top. The fall. Heroes just got tombstone. The slam. It's me, Austin. This is FRS Slam. When my hand goes up, your mouth goes shut. The most extensive, what? intensive, comprehensive, what? counteroffensive wrestling show on the planet. Woo! Now, finally, it's time. time. Here's Jamie Eisner. And I am the voice of the voiceless. And Chris Schubert. You come out here and you run your FRS Slam begins now. And welcome back to another edition of FRS Slam Radio. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you back after, I almost called it a long weekend, even though it wasn't a long weekend. It's literally the same normal length of a weekend that every weekend is, yes. I don't know why I thought it was a long weekend for whatever reason. Uh, We are back. It is getting closer and closer to the day known as WrestleMania Day. Uh, That is coming up in about two weeks' time. Coincidentally falls on Rusev Day. It does. But then they have big plans for one of the most over baby faces on the roster. They they really do. Oh, what's Bon Strowman up to? We're going to get into Monday Night Raw (laughs) and previewing. Explaining to somebody that's watching wrestling right now and just maybe for the first time and explaining to them that the crowd is cheering out of their minds for these two guys and WWE has nothing for them on their biggest show of the year is is fascinating. So we're going to get to that. We're going to get to Monday Night Raw a little bit later on. But guys, it it finally happened. Strong style of all. I finally got Jamie to watch a wrestling show. He, I've watched other stuff. He you watched a wrestling show. And do you want to know how I know he watched a wrestling show? Because I used your sling? Because my sling kicked me off about three times by because it said there were too many devices using the oh, sling yeah. account. I might have given it to one of you, one of our friends, by ac- not by accident, on purpose, because apparently he has New Japan World and they blacked it out in Yes, the for the U.S. You had, to watch, you had to wait till the show was off the air to watch it. You had to watch it live on Access TV. No, the problem was is I was watching it on my computer in my office. And then logged out and went over to the Xbox, uh, and it was telling me that there were too many people. And I'm like, I think no, you can no, have no. exactly three. Right, you can have up to three, and we were using apparently up to three. I'm glad you just give out my login information. I only, I only did to a mutual friend of ours that it, what was in need. A mutual friend of ours. Yes. Is it Franklin Steele? Yes. I don't know if he's a mutual friend. We were feuding. He and I are in a feud. It's not mutual friends, but no, that's totally all right. Uh, so Jamie finally watched a show on a weekend when I tried to sell him on a show, and it was Strong Style Evolved, and. This was a okay to good show that had a fantastic, amazing main event that Dave Meltzer may need to invent a new star scale for. This match is getting five stars. It, yes, absolutely. It's getting at least five stars, if not more. Where do you want to start in discussing Strong Style Evolved, the main event, anything else that happened on the show? Where do you want to start? Well, I, I think we need to just talk about the main event first. We'll, okay. get, we'll get into the whole... whole Recap the whole card here, but I think we have to talk about the main event first. That was the main event that you could clearly see everybody in the building wanted. Yes. Uh, we wanted. It lived up to my expectations, and I had some pretty, pretty high expectations. This was a th- – it ended up being about a 39-minute match, and when the show went on the air, they announced that it had been changed from a 30-minute time limit to a 60-minute time limit. And that may, may, may seem like nothing – to the casual wrestling fan who's tuning into New Japan for the first time, or for someone who's relatively new to New Japan, but I'm here to tell you as a New Japan connoisseur that the 60-minute time limit is saved for title matches. They yes. don't give the 60-minute ti- time limit out for just regular old tag team matches that don't have any titles on the line or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, typically you get 20 or 30. Right, so this being bumped to 60 just showed you the magnitude of the match in the eyes of the New Japan brass. So we get to the main event, the Golden Lovers, Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi taking on the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks moving on up to heavyweight. That was the main story behind this entire match. And this match had 
great moves. It was a great in-ring match. But it also had in-ring storytelling, in-ring psychology, and I just, okay, I'm going to get very angry at various groups of people throughout the course of this podcast, so Jamie, please rein me in when necessary. Oh, I uh, can't wait. For people... Get the lasso ready. For people who say that New Japan doesn't tell a good story, that it's all about the in-ring, it's all about the work rate, all they care about putting is putting on five-star matches, they don't tell stories like WWE does... Tell me a story, pal. You can shut up now. You can take that point and you can shove it, okay? Because last night told a story. By the way, the Young Bucks sold in this match. Oh, yeah. Okay? So the Young Bucks actually know how to sell. I know that's a common theory out there that the Young Bucks don't know what they're doing. If they don't know how to sell, they're just, I'll use Matt Hardy's term, spot monkeys. No, they're very good at their job. They know how to sell. Matt has an injured back and he's selling his back so bad that I actually think he's even more hurt than he already is. It's how good he is at his job, okay? So you can take that point about how New Japan is all about just work rate and five stars and everything like that, and you can put it to the side because the last night was a storytelling-driven match. The entire story, the entire premise of that match was Kenny not wanting to go after his friends and Kota Ibushi having to explain to him, that, hey, we're in a fight here, dude. You got you to gotta bring it. And Matt egging him on because Matt is mad at Kenny and Nick trying to rein Matt in. That was the story of this match. You had the spot with the one-wing angel where Matt had to basically tell him to do the move to him because he wouldn't do it. You had the the, the Nick and Matt interactions throughout this, yep. the Kenny and Cody interactions throughout this. Coda. Coda. Well, Cody shows up a little bit later Cody's on. Cody's interaction later. And this was just awesome. Uh, Kota Ibushi saved Matt Jackson's life at one point during, yeah. during the match IRL. in one of the dangerous spots I've ever seen. This match had everything. This is one of the best tag matches I have ever seen. It really was. Look, it's you're looking for a complete package. Obviously, story is a huge part of it. Obviously, move set and the moves that are in the match are a huge part of it. But you have to put it all together properly. And I think they did a very good job of selling the overall point of what this feud was. You have two form, you have, I guess technically three former friends. You have the Young Bucks on one side, you have Kenny Omega on the other side. Kota is kind of like the guy in the middle, where he has no real hatred for the Young Bucks, but he's not friends with them either. Right. Like he's just kind of there. He is friends with Kenny, and Kenny is his friend. And you, you're selling the idea that there is some internal conflict that Kenny Omega is having. There's some internal conflict that Nick Jackson is having in that match, which I did not necessarily fully expect Nick Jackson to, to basically be the the other counterpoint to Kenny Omega on the other team. And then you have Matt Jackson, who you could tell is just so blinded by rage that he's right. going to do whatever he has to do, and he's going to go through Kenny Omega. But, it, you know, it, it's it's so incredibly interesting. It was, it was such an interesting story that they told. They thought they told it at a pace that made sense. I didn't feel like the match dragged too long. I didn't feel like it ended too short. I really enjoyed it. Every aspect of that match. And I said to you afterward, I think that was the best tag team match I might have ever seen. And the only things I would put in its category, I think at the very top, would be TLC 1 and 2. And I called it the best non-gimmick tag team match that I have ever seen. And, I, and I've had a chance to, to sleep on it. And uh, this, okay, you, we need, I know I'm in charge of the board over here, but we need to get all the censor buttons ready in the world here for what I'm about to say. I mean, you, 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 you have the board. I can't do anything about it. You sent me a screenshot 
Because Brian Alvarez asked everybody oh, yeah, that he follows on Twitter, everybody that follows him on Twitter, what did you think of the main event? And I'm not going to give this person the, do, the, the, the courtesy of having their Twitter handle or their name announced on this show. I'm not going to do that. But a person responded and said, it was okay, it was fine, it wasn't great. Do you have the exact quote? Uh, I'm going to find it right now. Yeah, he, he compared it to a, a WWE match. Right, because then, then the, somebody responded and said, name me a match that, you know, that was better. Yeah. So Brian Alvarez tweeted, what did, everyone, what did everyone think of the main event? Yes. Somebody responded, it was fine. I've seen better tag matches. Somebody responded with, when, where? This is the, this is the cherry on top. New it, Day Usos last year, to give a recent example. That New Day Usos match. I'm assuming he's talking about the SummerSlam pre-match. I, you can pick whatever one you want. It isn't even in the same stratosphere as the match we saw last night. This is a person who tweeted this. Who is just looking to pick an argument? He is looking to get a reaction. I think actively trolling. They are they are they are looking for people like me to give them the time of day and react the way I'm about the to react. Marks like Chris. Okay, Schubert. that's what they're looking for. You know what? Stop watching wrestling. Stop. Just stop. Stop watching it. Because if you can't enjoy that, if you can't admit that was good, that was very good. That's better than anything I've seen in WWE. By the way, as you know, Jamie, one of my favorite matches of 2017. Was the DIY revival, revival Authors of Authors Pain, of Pain tag team match. match? I put that ab- above a lot of New Japan matches from that year. Okay, that's how much I loved that match. From a tag team storytelling in ring psychology yeah. perspective, I thought it was awesome. This match last night was better than that. And that is me, is somebody who's willing who I can I can differentiate between the two styles, and I'm willing to admit when one is better than the other. That WWE tag match was one of my favorite tag matches I've ever seen. It's now been dethroned. Yes, and both can be good. Like you 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 can you can have a good WWE match that's a completely different style yes. than a good New Japan. But match. this this match last night isn't even close to anything that, that WWE did. It's that it's it is so much better. Yes, it's TLC not, one and two. That is the conversation when this is it. And this match didn't... I say this match didn't have gimmicks. It had gimmicks. But it, it was not a gimmick match. Which, by <laughs> no. the way, which was one of um, about a thousand issues that I had with commentary uh, on last night, and most people did, was uh, calling it as if it was a WWE-style match. And what I mean by that is gimmicks like tables, belts, those are used sparingly in New Japan without disqualification. That's the, 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 the story, and this is why I wanted Kevin Kelly and Don. Can you imagine Don Callis in this main event, by the way, with Kenny Omega? Did they actually do it? No. Okay, so the even English, if you watch, even the, if you watch there's the, no English yes. commentary, even no. if you go if, back and watch If I New go Japan. to New Japan World right now and I want the English commentary, I'm going to get Jim Ross and Josh Barton. Interesting. Okay. I want to go back and watch the main event with the Japanese commentary because they're just going to lose their minds. They're just going to lose their minds yes. in the main event. The problem that I had with commentary the most last night was the blatant just disregard for what was occurring in the ring. And the example that sticks out in my mind, and I don't mean to call him out, but I, I just do not find him good at the color commentary gig. Josh Barnett is talking about Kenny Omega. I believe it was after he issued that he hit the backbreaker on Matt Jackson. Okay, because the story of the match is yeah, that yeah. Matt's back has, Matt's has been bad, bad which he does. It's a real-life injury. He's actually working with a bad back. Another subtle cue of, of Nick Jackson... Uh, like looking at Kenny, like, come on, man! Like, do you have to attack his back? Right. 
Like, it was a very, that was a very interesting other part of it. Like, we understand you want to win the match, but do you really want to do that? And, like, Matt just not helping himself. He hits the move, and Kenny drops to his knees, and he starts, like, wringing his hands through his hair. Kind of like he is so distraught at the fact that he's doing this to somebody that he considers as a brother and a friend. Like, he's doing it because he has to, not because he wants and to. And as that is going on, Josh Barnett is telling me that Kenny Omega is enjoying doing this to his friend and that the friendship is out the window. Yeah, it was... I'm sorry. It was frustrating. I was, was able, there was a disconnect. I've watched wrestling long enough. You've watched wrestling long enough. Most people that are probably listening to the show have watched wrestling long enough that I'm kind of doing my own self-commentary. Mm-hmm. Whether it's on WWE television, whether it's New Japan, I am watching the facial expressions. I am watching them. I'm watching the story that can, that the wrestlers are telling me and I've watched enough and I have a trained enough eye. And I'm familiar enough with their characters and their storyline that I know what's going on. I don't necessarily need the commentary. The problem is, is I can't ever get fully lost in a match if the commentary isn't up to par. Because to get truly lost in a match, I think you, you want to take a back seat. You want to be a passenger. You don't want to be an active participant in viewing this match. You want the commentary to guide you along the path of watching that match. Abbas Gargano is the example that I will bring up. And the, I couldn't do it with this match. No. And you brought up a really good point in, in kind of our pre-show meeting where I kind of was like, we need to have a talk about JR as a commentator. And yeah, your and, point is very valid. And this is the point I'm making. Is Look, I know, look, I, I, am, I will preface this by saying this. I am a huge fan of Jim Ross yes. in his totality. To me, I'm 25 years old, about to turn 26. He is my childhood voice of wrestling. When I think about what made me fall in love with wrestling, it is serenaded by... Jim Ross's commentary. Mm-hmm. The big moments that made me love wrestling, in my mind, I relive with JR's commentary. The issue that we have now, I know a lot of people are talking about like age and has he lost it. I don't think that's the big issue. I think the issue is when you're not calling, when you're not involved with a product on a week-to-week basis, you don't have the well in which to draw information from. You don't have the well in which to draw stories from. If you're not living the storylines on a week-to-week basis. If you're not working with those wrestlers backstage and on and in front of the camera on a week-to-week basis, you can't properly tell their story. Because what I, when, I, when I have listened to Jim Ross and Josh Barnett call various events, I get the sense of they're doing the best they can with the limited amount of knowledge they have about the product. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the issue is, is when you swoop in to, to cover a few big shows a year, you lose the sensation of what's going on. You lose the train of thought. You're basically, it felt like they were calling an exhibition. Okay, like so this is just an exhibition match where these people are just here and they're talented. They didn't know the story well enough to tell people what the story was. If Jim Ross were to, let's say, be, if Jim Ross was Don Callis and he was the every week announcer and he knew the background of this entire story and knew where they were going, I knew what the path they were trying to tell him was conversing with the wrestlers on a week-to-week basis. I have no doubts in my mind he could have told that story as well as he's ever told that story. But he didn't have all that information to draw from. And when you don't, you get blah commentary. Because he doesn't work for New Japan. He works for Access. Correct. That's the difference. Here's the example that I'll use, Jamie. And and for those of you who are sports fans out there, I think you can attest to this. If I took, and I'll use my team, if I took Gary Cohen, the Mets play-by-play guy, and I am go call a Reds game, it's not going to be the same as no. Tom Brenneman calling a Reds game. No, he's going to give you the basic, here's what I see, here's what's happening, two strikes, wh- whatever it is. Right. He's not going to be able to add anything to it because he's not familiar enough with the product in front of him. And that's what we're getting here. Also, I don't think Josh Burnett 
is a strong co- strong color commentator. Maybe he gets there down the road. Um, I think he puts himself over too much. And I don't think he's doing it intentionally, like as an egotistical thing. I just think he's relying on, well, I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this, a little bit too much as a color commentator. And, and where I felt it the most was the main event because that's such a that was such a story-driven match that it just felt at points that it was lost. It, again, that commentary if, is better than anything I've heard of WWE in the last you know six months. But here, here's the issue. If you were tuning into that, let's say you happen to, maybe you're just a big Sammy Hagar fan, okay? Big Sammy Hagar fan. Oh, I love see Eddie Money. I was so confused as to where you love going, Eddie I, I totally get it. And you just happen to stumble upon. Like when you were done watching your, your when you were done, at least on my end, when you are done watching the Black Sabbath documentary that aired before Strong mm-hmm. Style Evolved and watch this product for the first time, you would have no idea what the story they were telling in the ring was for that match. Correct. Because commentary did not help you at all. Correct. If you're in arena, I think you were fine. If you've been watching the whole time like we have, you're fine. You know what's going on there. You can see it yourself. You don't need someone to tell it and to they, you. And the guys in the ring were doing a, a good enough job of telling the story in the ring that you didn't need commentary. Commentary would have only enhanced it. completely unfamiliar with it or just vaguely were aware of, hey, I, I know I, I've heard about the Bucks. I've heard about Kenny Omega, but I don't really know what's going on here. You didn't know any more about what was happening in the rivalry when that match was over because of commentary than you did before. And I think that's a failure. Because that whole show, you could pass this off to me. I could, I, I could understand if somebody from Access TV said, look, 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 we were calling that for the casual fan. We were calling that show for somebody that maybe have never seen a New Japan show before. The problem with that was... That's a tough sell. And maybe you did that early on, but the problem is, is if you do that, then you have to be a great storyteller because you have to compel the audience to explain why the wrestlers have gotten there. And they didn't do that. It's a tough sell for me because Access TV is not in as many homes. Uh, it's not in enough homes for me to say that casual fans are going to stumble I've a, upon I, it. I, I'm being uh, no, facetious. I don't I, think people were st- – I don't know how many people carried over from the Black Sabbath documentary. Correct. By the way, I love Black Sabbath. Don't get me wrong. But like it, that's not – Access TV is not a station people just watch. No. So people are, current state. people are going there to see – and I cannot wait to see what the numbers are for it. Cannot wait to see if we hear what the live viewership was. Because, again, the more and more successful these shows are on Access, the more they will be willing to do it. Yes. And the more New Japan will want to do it as well because that's who their TV partner with in the in the United States. I never thought I would, these words would come out of my mouth. I missed Kevin Dunn last night. Yeah. not I, the, the camera cuts, I could do without with Kevin Dunn. I can do without the shaky cam and all that crap. And the, the words on the screen. And the words on the screen. But you watched that show last night and you realized how good the WWE production quality is from, this is the way I'll describe it, from a flow Oh, standpoint. absolutely. And I sent that text to, to our friend Franklin uh, during the show. I said, boy. Is he coming over to our house? <laughs> I said, boy. No, that was a cartoon I, turtle Franklin joke. Sorry. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't, yeah, that, hey, it's totally Franklin. Over, it's I know, I know the show, okay. but that went totally over my head. I, uh, I said to him, I said, look. This, this show really makes you miss Kevin Nunn. And we've talked about this a lot. We could talk about I know he's a very polarizing figure oh, in I still, I, He's very bad at his job. But. but when it comes to the production value, I think sometimes we forget how smooth WWE is. We forget exactly how much that WWE is done like a movie. Mm-hmm. And there's some, sometimes that's to their detriment. And it's live, too, which yeah. makes it even it's all that pal. more harder. Uh, it's live, pal. Somebody should tell Josh what they are that. Pal. Well, no, it's not their fault. The, their see, mic should have been off. They went to commercial. Here's the other problem. Who's in their ear? Yeah. At, in WWE, I know Vince is in commentary's ear. He's telling them when they're off 
yeah. set. On NXT, Cole is in Morrow's ear, letting them know. And also, NXT's taped, so they can fix it. No, but I'm, I'm talking about on a live pay-per-view. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a takeover, yeah, yeah. Right? Michael Cole's in their ear, so he's telling them, hey, you know, you're you're off, Mike's yeah. hot. Who is feeding JR and Josh information? Nobody. Yeah. There's It's somebody on Access's production crew who may not know what's going on. Or may not even be who, a wrestling who fan. Who doesn't have a wrestling fan. So that's the disconnect. If Access wants to do this, they got to bring in wrestling minds to be in these positions. Yes, they do. They just, you just have to. They do. If you want to be successful. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Cody Rhodes coming out at the end and basically going after the Young Bucks. The Bullet Club is, is not fine. No, Bullet Club's not fine. Uh, By the way, uh, uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan are going to have a problem here pretty soon because Marty Scroll is over. Yeah. Remember when I called him the dark horse for wrestler of the year in 2018? Yeah. Looking pretty good. Because I think he's going to become the Ring of Honor World Champion. He's really over right now. And and by the way, Cody's a phenomenal heel. He would grab the mic, place would go nuts. Cody would grab the mic, place would boo. I mean, it's we we have in a in a world where people say we can't have heels, we have Tommaso Ciampa. We have Cody Rhodes. And just based on this last Tuesday, we have Kevin Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Look, you I, can make heels in you, 2018. Of course you can. It's lazy when people say you can't. Cody Rhodes has done a phenomenal job of becoming a heel and a true heel. He is get one of the honestly one of the hardest things to do is to get true heat from marks. Yes, like and us, he get, and he gets it. And I say that term endearingly, like <laughs> us. And he gets heat. He gets real heat. Yes, he does. That's rare. When he gets kicked out of Bullet Club, valuable. When he gets kicked out of Bullet Club at All In, how great is that going to be? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be. It's going to be an awesome moment. I thought the tag match between Okada, Ishii, and Suzuki and Zack Saber Jr. was very good. It was very good. I need Suzuki versus Ishii in my life. Well, yeah, I mean, now absolutely. That match is going to be really good. I thought the rest of the card was fine. Yeah, perfectly fine. It was um, structured in a way to just showcase New Japan. It wasn't any yeah. major storytelling. The back half of the card kind of did that. It was just as meant to just showcase. Look, you know what you're going to get with New Japan. I thought they delivered, and they also announced, which we have not talked about yet on the show, they're coming back. They're yes, going to run Francisco, the cow, they're going to the Cow Pals. July, July 7th. 7th. They're going to do another G1 special just like they did last year. Uh, I think it's bold to come back this soon. It is. It's a bigger arena. It's a bigger arena. Almost about twice the size, I believe. Clearly, they feel as though they are making waves here in the United States to where they can do this. I tend to think they're going to sell out relatively quickly. Yeah, I'm interested to see because it is a different market. I mean, Long Beach and San Francisco, they might both be in California, but they are vastly different markets in terms of how you get there, in terms of the socioeconomic uh Instances around wow. that area. All, you're going all geopolitical on us. Well, I'm just saying there's all, there's there's a big difference. I agree with you. But Cal Palace is a very uh, historic venue for wrestling. That's going to draw some people it was, in. It was in the the group of finalists for All In. Yes, it was. The last major wrestling event that was held there was uh, No Way Out in 2004. If you remember, that's when Eddie Guerrero defeated Brock Lesnar to win the WWE I Championship. I do. I uh, do. So they're going to run that in July. I'm very excited for that. I'm assuming that's going to be on Access TV as well. I would assume so. Uh, Rey Mysterio set up about a bajillion matches on this yeah, show. Yeah, he's going to fight everybody. So he's going to fight every junior heavyweight that's ever existed in New Japan. If now, Jamie, if only there was a you know a tournament where there's blocks and the, the junior heavyweight division did like a a best of. Like super juniors, that that'd, that'd be nice if they had something like that. And if only Rey Mysterio could maybe participate in it. Yeah. Oh wait, they do. It's called the Best of the Super Juniors. It starts in a month, and I am willing to go uh, and make my prediction that Rey Mysterio is going to be in the Best of the Super. Uh, yeah, juniors. assuming assuming he's he's not signing with there. WWE. No. Despite the fact that Meltzer even talked about it last night, I watched Meltzer. He did a post uh, a post show review with Chad Seats. Yeah. And he's like, it's no secret that Mysterio is negotiating with WWE. Like it's that, that's out there. Well, but leverage. clearly. 
I mean, he, he did not leave a lot of room for error. He, had his he mask said, I am coming to and, New Japan. And he had his mask taken off by Marty Scroll. You don't yeah. run that angle unless yeah. you're doing a feud. He didn't leave a lot of room for doubt. So if he's not wrestling for New Japan, then I don't. Then something went terribly wrong. Because, and Meltzer brought this point up on the post show, you can make the argument he honored his obligation. He wanted to be at the show that he said he was going to be at, despite the injury keeping him Yeah, out. I, I wasn't surprised to see and, him there. And he maybe wants to honor his obligation to fight Liger like he promised. Yeah. But he set up a title match with Osprey. And he set up a grudge match with Marty Scroll. Yeah. So like he's he's going to be in New Japan. Oh, yeah. Like I, I I can't imagine him being. In I, WWE. It appears to me he made his right. decision. Or this is one hell of a leverage play. So. Yeah, I don't know if New Japan would let him out there though if he was if he, they didn't have an agreement for these matches. I would be sh- I'd be shocked. Surpri- I would be surprised for the way it went, way it went. So we've now learned uh, two more matches named for the greatest Royal Rumble event in Saudi okay. Arabia, which is a, a little bit later next month. John Cena versus Triple H. And a fatal four-way intercontinental ladder match. Miz, Seth Rollins, Finn Balor, and Samoa Joe. Okay. That'd be good. They've announced those four. Um, We do now know, and this is not a surprise because I yelled about it on the podcast last week, uh, David Bixenspan, who covers WWE for Deadspin, uh, got a a comment from WWE that women will not be wrestling on this show. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. Now, if only, Jamie, if only the WWE had like a... A super over women's superstar that was that could like connect with wrestling fans and the casual fan, and if only they could use that person. They, they don't have this person, but if they had this person, they could use that person to promote like let's say an all woman show like okay. in the United States, headlined by headlined by Lana. Dana Brooke was the example that you used earlier. Uh, if they only had that person that they could they could put on the posters and have do the media tours and, oh, I don't know, go on the Today Show or all this stuff and talk about this groundbreaking. It, because there's a women's revolution going on at WWE. I don't know if you oh, know oh, this. Oh, trust me. I've been told. Is it now – I'm sorry. Is it a revolution? I thought now it's an evolution. No, it's a revolution. Okay. I thought it was a revolution. Is it they, an evolution? They can't, they, I think it's evolution. Okay. They can't decide. If only that was actually going on and they could maybe, they could maybe use this negative of not being able to have women's wrestlers on the show – but they just they just don't have that star on the on the no, card. It's too, it's oh, too bad. Oh no! Too wait, bad. they just signed Ronda freaking Rousey. Yeah. If only she could headline that show. It's very odd to me. But did you have you watched their WWE twenty four on the Women's Rumble? No. Okay. Is it good? Yes. Okay. It's uh, it's interesting. My favorite part is they show where they show all the women in gorilla. Like during the match, yeah, like waiting like, to, for their I, number to be waiting for number, and then coming back and waiting, and then are watching yeah, yeah. the match and, and how they interact with Ronda, and it, it's very. Uh, I it's, love, I love the fact that Vince, because this is clearly Vince's call with these things, is allowing the network to be the showcase of those behind the scenes stuff. Because as you know, besides the thing that they did with Roman, Gorilla position has been uh, has been off limits. Yes, you don't show that. Because at it, least not on live TV, well, they, they, they have gone. They've been a lot more liberal with that in their own specials that they put on their network. What, what I'm saying is, is in today's world where people know, people know what goes on behind that curtain. I like that Vince is peeling it back a little bit to let us see stuff like this. Yes. Because the people who buy the network know, we know, we know what goes on back there. So, so I'm glad that they're letting us see that because those are some raw emotions and some raw, you know, stuff that I think is good. Uh, sorry, I totally derailed your point about the... No, no, no. It was just saying I like seeing those interactions. It also lets you know the thing that you and I have been screaming all along. This women are... The women backstage are mad at Ronda Rousey. It's a work. Uh, yeah, clearly it was a work. We've been screaming all along yeah, and she's hugging everybody. Yeah, clearly. Um, it, it was very interesting to see. They, they show the moment where Mark Carano, um, who's VP of Talent Relations, yes. tells them that they're the main event. They're going on last. 
uh, and kind of like the reactions that that that, that the which women is scary there. because the fact that they didn't make that decision ahead of time. But yeah, it's uh, a worrisome. Well, you know how they do that; they book their shows now. So it was it was very uh, it, it was a cool it was a cool segment. Like any of their twenty fours, it's ninety percent shoot, ten percent work. You know, you have to kind of know where they're working you a little bit. I can't bit. wait for the Daniel Bryan one on his return. Um, you know that's the, they had cameras. Oh, of course you they know did. that they had cameras. Of course they did. Uh, and I don't mean to keep bringing this up, but I will continue to bring it up as long as I am breathing and as long as I'm doing this podcast. Because the WWE is 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 touting this women's revolution, yet they're doing things like what they're doing with the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia. And I get it. You're getting paid a lot of money. I, I get it. I understand you're a business. At the end of the day, you need to make money. But you tout on your television. You have Stephanie McMahon go out there each and every week. And I'm, I've been critical of this. I'm consistent across the board on this, Jamie. You can attest to this. I am, I am critical at every juncture with this. You come out and say that there's a women's revolution going on and that you're treating them the same, but you're not. You're not treating them the same because of things like this. So why not try to treat them the same? And it isn't the same that they're not going to be able to work this event. But you can make something very special. And you know what, Jamie? If they put it on the network and they did it in like full sale and they sold tickets, I guarantee you'd be very successful on the network. Very successful. It would. It's it's one of the things, and we talked about this a lot. It was either Thursday or Friday. We talked about this this topic a lot. The, WWE loves to talk out of both sides of their mouths when it comes to something like this. They're very hypocritical. And I understand... I understand their desire to hold events like this. I understand their desire to build their brand in areas in which they have very little market share right now. And if, if you, if you, anybody who's familiar with how businesses operate, especially when they operate on an international level, whether it's a sports league, whether it's an entertainment company, you always want to try to grab market share. And if you feel like you've been, you're tapped out in your own market, you feel like we have grown as big as we can in North America, you try to go elsewhere. That's why the NBA does, these, does things in China. That's why you're seeing the NHL try to go to China. That's why WWE tours the world. They're try that's why they have the UK division. They're trying to grab market share in, dis in different parts of the world because it's a lot easier for them to get new people to either watch their product, watch their television show, buy their network, than it is to get an already saturated market to get more. To get somebody in, let's say, India to buy the network is probably easier per capita than to get somebody else in America to buy it where they are right now. It just costs more. So I mean, it, so I understand what they're trying to do here. The problem is, is you you're a company that loves to pat yourself on the back. You love, love, love to tell everybody how you all this great stuff you do, all these great things we're doing, all these great things for women, and you know, oh, look what we did with that. I forgot where they were for the Sasha Banks Alexa Bliss match. That was the United Arab Emirates. Yeah, uh, UAE. So I mean, I mean, and look, look, we were, this the, the chance of this. They, they talked about that on the twenty four as well. The, this is hope chance, and and this is hope, and this is this is the future. You do all of that. You have to understand when you make a business decision that's contrary to that point, you're going to get some backlash. Perception is reality. And to your point, you could have tried to make this whole. You could have said, okay. We're going to do this, and we know what's happening over here, but we're going to take some of the benefits that we get from over here and help over here. Because but they're not doing that. You do know that by entering this 10-year agreement, well, I think is what it was, it was a 10-year agreement that starts with this big event that has everybody on it. Like, Daniel Bryan's going to be on the show. Taker might be on the Like, there's going to be a lot of people on this show, Jamie. They're making a lot of money. You brought up the point of using some of that money to t taking 
Saudi Arabia's money and then giving it to women's charities, which I thought is a really great idea. Yes, or do some other event there that, the, you know, or say, look, look, we know what's going on here. We're going to put on, like, your idea, uh, an all-women's event. Proceeds go to whatever you want. To me. Whatever you want to put them. To me, that's, that's the right move. Putting on an all-women's show because, one, you've never done it. So here's another first that you can trot out yes. in your PR statements. They're running out of firsts, by the way. Well, They're going to have to actually book the women properly. Right. Heaven forbid. I know, right? They book more than two feuds right. or one feud properly. Not only do you have that, but you're going to get some good PR for running an all-women wrestling yes. show. Yes. Yes. And you could say, look, and if somebody questions and says, well, why are you running the show over here? We feel like we want to gain market share. We understand what their issues are. So what we're going to do to counter that is we're going to do our own show. And we're going to do this here. And we're going to, and we're, we're going to showcase the women all by themselves. And you know what? The idea to do this stemmed from what's happening over here in Saudi Arabia. Now, the problem is, is I don't know who's going to produce the show because everybody is going to be over on the other show. Everybody. Yes. They could have, they could have found a way. It doesn't have to be the same day. No. No, it, it could be later on. Somebody brought up the point of turning Backlash, which is later on that month, into an all-women's show. Yeah, I mean, they're afraid to do that because they're afraid about ratings, and I understand. Ratings for what? Well, if they turn a whole pay-per-view. Like, if they took one pay-per-view out of their normal schedule and made that an all-women's show. But, but what's, what's the concern? That people wouldn't watch. But it's on the network. Yeah, but they still they you're, want. You're making people. the money already. Yes, but they think that people wouldn't buy the extra. Sub, people wouldn't buy subscriptions that month because there are people that still do month to month deals. But, but if the point is to take some of the money that you're making from the Saudi Arabia thing to cover that, then it's a wash. I deal. would just do yes. I would just do another event. If if you if you're going to throw a special event for the men to do this. You could throw a special event for the women to do their uh, own yes, show. Yes, I agree with you. I'm just trying to look at it from their perspective and try to do what's easier for them. And turning backlash into an all-women show would be yeah, the they won't, they won't They're not going to do it. I don't think they're going to do anything. No, they're going to do nothing. No, and they're just going to take whatever PR hit Yeah, they're going to do nothing. And, and, I go, hope, and, and I hope that people continue to write about this. Please yes. write about this. Yes. This it's, is a again, big enough deal to where it needs to be written about. It's about hypocrisy. It's about hypocrisy. If you Again, when, when, you wanna, when you put out this holier-than-thou air about you, which on, they on topic. do consistently. And especially about this topic. I, I want somebody, I mean, and I don't know if anybody has, and I don't know if they'll answer it, but I want somebody to ask, not Triple H, not Vince, not Mark Carano, Stephanie McMahon, why they put on this show and what the reasoning is behind it. Because Stephanie McMahon has touted herself as the leader of this women's revolution evolution. Uh, certainly, she does that on TV. And she does it, she does it in real life, too. When she does outside of the show interviews. It's which not is, just her character. Which makes me want to puke. So regardless of what you think about that, ask her, what do you think about this? The, the company making this decision. Yeah. Because, again, you can't have it both ways. They want to. Everybody wants to have it both ways, but you can't. You can't have it both ways. You either are this progressive company that's really fighting for women's equality in the sports entertainment space, or you're not. Or you don't care. Yes, there's a middle ground there. Not everything has to be one pole or the other pole. But when you come out there and you continue to tell people week after week after week after week after week about how awesome you are and how you're giving all these opportunities, and then you actively go someplace that says, we don't want your women near our show. Now, women and children are allowed in the event, which I know when I say that out loud, that seems common, but it is not common no. there. No, it's not common there. So that is why I'm saying that. So women and children are allowed to go to the event, but... There will be no women performing. Jamie, if I could write anywhere clo- – if I could handle this topic the, in the proper way, I would write about it this week. But uh, I do not feel I could handle it with the right sort of balance that it needs. 
Monday Night Raw tonight. We'll wrap up the show with this and Monday Night Raw preview. Jamie, I, I want you to know this. I wrote this in the five questions today, and I know you edited it, so I'm hoping that you saw this. Uh, we only have two more shows until WrestleMania, two more Raws. I hope WWE knows that because they only have two more shows to book this Undertaker-John Cena feud. I, I hope they know that. I hope they're aware of the fact that they have literally two shows. That's it. Two shows. I am of the mind, as you have you. We, is, we didn't talk about this. We both had the same thought. Oh, yeah. This is the right idea. Undertaker should not appear in Romania nope. now. John Cena should, should beat Kane tonight, call out Undertaker again, get nothing. Come out next week almost desperately. I don't, I don't want to say begging because you don't want begging, but uh, exasperated. Like, why won't you answer me? Like what? What? How much do I have to insult you? How, how much do I have to insult do you? Do you not manhood? respect me enough? How How can you not respond? Just tell me no. Like I mean, it has to get like more exasperated. I don't want to say desperate because there's a, there's a slightly difference there. And lead up to the point where John Cena is like, look, I am. I need this. I need to be at Mania. I am going to be standing in the ring right. when that show opens. Which they'll never do. This they're is not a good idea where they're never going to do this. But I'm going to be standing in that ring when that show opens. And I am not moving until you give me an answer. I'm, you better show up. I'm going to hijack WrestleMania. I would love that. That would be awesome. Be great. They won't do that, though. They will never do that. Takers, by the way, no reports on whether or not Taker is going to be at the show tonight. I, I'm going to check now because we've been on the air. We've been doing this podcast for close to 40 minutes now. So I wanted to – I haven't really seen anything. What I do know, Jamie, is – Jeff Hardy is going to be at this show. Brother Nero. Rumors are that he is backstage for the taping tonight. By the way, I, I, them calling it the raw taping is very weird to me. It's weird. Like, it's not, I, I, I get it. it. It's, it's just it's the, a TV. It's a TV term. I get it. it. Well, it's also, it's it's the way they used to refer it all the time is the TV tapings. But, like, it's obviously they're not taping. Yeah. Like, I get it. I understand what they're doing. But, like, it's, it's weird for me that they say that. Uh, so we are going to get that. Uh... Tonight, Brother Nero here. Uh, by the way, WWE has apparently uploaded a complete uncut version of Ultimate Deletion to their YouTube page. Ooh. So it seems like they've, they've smarted up to the whole, uh, the whole idea of how, how successful that is. Uh, what, what, what happens with Bray Wyatt tonight? He needs, to jo- he needs to join them. They need to become a trio and a team I'm and a faction, sure. and I need it. I, that's the only way to go. It's the only way to go to make sense. I just want this storyline to be good, Jamie. I, I know I sound like I'm begging at this point, but last week was so good. Like, the ultimate deletion, despite what the internet tells me, was very good. And there's so many good directions that they can go with this. And they can debut Brother Nero tonight. And if they wanted to bring back Bray tonight, they could if he joins them. I think they shouldn't I, bring back Bray. I think they should wait on Bray. I think they should tease that uh, the same thing that Matt Hardy teased on Twitter was that they've recovered the vessel. Of Bray Wyatt. That's, it's so good. It's so good. They got the lantern out of the water, it, the, the YouTube video. What are they going to do with this Mania, by the way? They're going to do nothing with it. They should do nothing. I don't. I have a fear they will do something. They better not put them in the Battle Royal. No. No, please don't. Don't do that. But I feel like you have to do something but not a match. Something with Hardy. You don't you have do, to do something with Hardy and Wyatt. You do a segment? You don't do segments on Mania. I don't no, but you know you're gonna have these cooldown parts. Maybe there's a there's a vignette. I, I think they should give Hardy a, a vignette, give him something, as one of the breakup things. Okay. Because I don't think he should be on the card. I don't think he should wrestle somebody. That's cool. A vignette would be pretty cool. Just one of the somewhere in the middle of the show. Uh, you you know maybe it's Hardy talking with Rebby. Maybe it's the, the Hardy talking with brother Nero. Maybe it's something where like. You know, they recover the vessel, and the vessel starts moving. Like, it's just something By the way, it furthers the storyline slightly. WrestleMania is the one place you could probably get away with it, because people will go nuts for him in any capacity on that show. 
Uh, I'm very intrigued to what they're going to do tonight. Uh, Cena's going to beat Kane, and Taker's going to show up tonight, right? That's that's what's yes, going to happen. Okay. That's, probably, that's, that's probably what's, what's going to happen. Uh, does Roman Reigns get any sort of repercussions for the fact that he showed up last week when he was suspended? Because I'm I'm not uh, going to drop this. Or assaulting the U.S. Marshals? Yeah, I'm not going I'm not going to drop this until there's repercussions. Uh, well, he should be in jail. Right. Well, okay, that's the U.S. Marshal part. He showed up when he was suspended. Is Vince going to do anything about that? No. I mean, that's. Then why suspend him? I. If you're going to suspend him and you're going to show up when he's suspended, you By the way, you shouldn't suspend him. They should have suspended him, period, for the storyline. You should have sent him home for the night. No, you know what the repercussions you know repercussion should be? And this, you, you can't do this because the crowd is going to cheer this. To take him out of the title match? You have Kurt Angle come on the show tonight and say, Roman, you're out of the match. Yeah. You showed up when but you were But they were there because, be the biggest pop of the night. Because then, because if, if, if he was an actual baby face... The fans would boo that, and then he could make his triumphant return later on in the show and do something like that. But the problem is, if Kurt Angle comes out and says Roman Reigns is no longer in the title match, the place is going to cheer. Yes. They're going to go nuts for that. So you can't are, do that. Chris, are you saying that they're having some storyline issues because people don't want to view Roman Reigns as a baby they, face? Are they, that's exactly what I'm saying. Oh. What I'm saying is they should have turned him heel, I don't know, four years ago. <sighs> they, still, they still can. They have time. Not, not before Mania, but they have time. Hi, Dana Bryan. We talked about this. Yeah, they, that's that. There's money to be made. There. Uh, just I, I, I'm at the point where this is your yearly dentist appointment. I just want to get it over with. All right, I, give give Roman the belt. Do you go to the dentist yearly? I go once a year. I do not go once a year. I try to go once a year. I actually haven't been in like a year and a half. I haven't been in longer than that. Uh, I can't tell you when my last dentist appointment. Yeah, was. I try to go once a year for everything. For the doctor too. Yeah, get once your, a year. Just get my once a year physical. Once a year checkup. Tell me, tell oh, you're me not scared like the doctor's going to tell you like something's wrong. Well, one, if he does, I would like to know about it. And two, no, now that I've lost a bunch of weight, I like going to the doctor a lot more when they're not telling me, hey, you need to lose weight, because that's not fun. Like, thanks, Doc. How much do I owe you this time? Um, I am just, I've, I'm at peace with it. I've said this for yeah, months. You, yeah, I'm at peace with yeah, it. Yeah, you are. Just give Roman Reigns a belt, have I'm not Lesnar, and let's be finally, mercifully done with this. Here's the problem. Let's just be, let's get it over with. Let's be done with this. Here's the problem. This has actually been good storytelling. Like the things they're doing are good. But they've good. been forced into it. But the problem is, why, why, why? Do you see what's going on right now? Do you see what's happening? Of course, we're doing a podcast. We're talking into the microphone. Why do people think that we can just do it? Just come in here and do whatever they want. Okay. All right. I see it, Alex. I see that Greg Bird is out six to eight weeks. Thank oh, you. Okay. Why do people interrupt say. our podcast? They, like, so as we've discussed on this show plenty of times, there's a glass, there's two glass panes next to us, Jamie, okay? And we can look out into the office. We can see everybody working very hard and working. You and I, I have the headphones on. You don't. So it could be very, it could be construed that you're not actively talking because right now you're not. You're looking at your computer screen doing other work because you're an important person, okay? I have the headphones on. I'm talking to the microphone. People come up to the glass pane and they're like, are you, they, they do the whole, are you talking motion? Of course we're talking. We're in the podcast room. We get run. The, the amount of run-ins on this show are incredible. The problem, back to Roman here, is that they've actually been doing good things with Roman to get him cheered as a babyface. The problem is the people just don't like. Him. It's, we're just done. We're just over. Oh, it's it's not going to happen. He's never getting cheered unless you turn him and then turn him back. You need to do with what New Japan did with Naito. They tried to make Naito the guy. The fans said no. They turned Naito heel. Naito became the cool heel. Now they book him like a babyface. It worked. It, it, it worked there. It can work here. Just do it. All right, before I get more angry, Jimmy, anything else you're looking forward to tonight on Raw? Now that you're upset that Greg Bird is out forever? I, uh, well, I'm not shocking. Uh, no, not really. Um, I'm 
I, I'm ready for Mania. I'm ready. I'm, I'm, exci I'm actually Ronda excited. Ronda Rousey, Triple H. I'm excited show, for the I show. I, I, until it, nothing matters to me until I, I mean, I might, might be cool, but I, I need to see the match. I need okay. to move on from this. I need to move on from the things we need to move on from. Wow. And that's Reigns, Lesnar, and that is getting out of this tag match with everybody not being embarrassed. Okay. Well, on that note, guys, that's going to do it for us here today. We will be back tomorrow to recap Monday Night Raw, preview SmackDown, 205 Live, and all that stuff. As always, you can follow the show on Twitter at FRSSlam, FRSSlam.com for all your pro wrestling content needs. You can find the show on Anchor, FRS Slam Radio. You can also find it on iTunes. For you Apple users out there, just look up FRSSlam Radio. Also on Pocket Cast and Overcast for you Android users out there as well. Same thing, FRSSlam Radio. You can always find the show. We tweet it at FRSSlam on Twitter and on the website, FRSSlam.com. It goes up there as well. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us. We will talk to you tomorrow.